politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for not just life, liberty, and property, but our ability to survive as sentient human beings. It is really all on the line here. And folks, we've always known that Jews and Israel are the canary in the coal mine. Uh, But, you know, this is not even a situation where we're experiencing another Holocaust where all of the evil in the world has united to support a Holocaust. And, uh, you know, most people are either on the side of it or silent. It's that you can't even be a spectator anymore. This is coming for each and every one of us in every corner of the world. What is our plan? What is our plan to build a Noah's Ark, to evacuate, to have a beacon of sanctuary for life, liberty, property, human rights, basic values, free of jihad, free of Western oligarchs, free of all of this. I don't know, but we need to work on building that, how we build our local sanctuaries. Um, definitely want to talk about that throughout the week, and hopefully we'll have some good guests on that. But for today, and it is Monday, brand new week, October 30th, I do want to start off with the news of the day to set the table of the gravity of the situation. William Wilberforce once said, you may choose to look the other way, but you can never say again, that you did not know. We have, I mean, the world burning with jihadist genocidal maniacs, 100,000 at a time in places like London and Paris, Cornell University in America, Jews, Jewish students on lockdown um, because basically they, the students were threatening to slit their throats. Um, we have this Dagestan area in Russia where a mob of Islamists just bullied their way into an airport and tried to lynch what they thought were Jewish passengers. I mean, Paris schools today evacuated due to bomb threats. It's beginning to look a lot like 1939. But again, this is coming for all of us. See, the difference is that uh, you know between the Nazis and the Islamo-Nazis, the Islamo-Nazis will not stop at, at just the Jews, and certainly not just Israel. Obviously, we're seeing this in every country now. Nothing to do with Israel. It's all about killing Jews, but it will also be about killing Christians and killing the West. This is BLM Antifa times 100. What is our plan? What should be our plan? What is not our plan? That is what I want to broach today. I want to kind of sum up everything we've talked about the last three weeks since the uh, massacre on October 7th. What is relevant to America? What is not? What we should be doing? What we shouldn't be doing? This is not a distraction. This is the main issue if it's focused upon properly and used as an impetus to finally protect ourselves. I don't think you can do the entire country, but at least create oases. Um, in, in some of the states. And by the way, there is an election coming up in Virginia next week. A huge, huge election there where you have everything on the line, the possibility to create a trifecta, whatever it's worth. Um, but, you know, Republicans are, are not paying attention. Democrats are fully engaged. And if you can't win Virginia, you certainly ain't winning a national election again, in my view. But then again, maybe there is no purpose to winning a national election. Now, first, as we discuss, 
all sorts of things, all sorts of policies where it's almost like there is no upside. There's only a downside. I will give you a product that is literally an upside. There is no downside to it. Upside is an app where you could download it and get cash back on your purchases of gas or groceries. Uh, Nowadays, credit card companies usually don't give you more than 1% back. You can earn at least three times more cash back with Upside. When you download the app, um, you know, wherever you go to, to download apps, use my promo code conservative and get an extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. Then, subsequently, you could claim an offer, whatever you're buying on Upside. So, you know, if you have, usually in my area, it's Shell and Sunoco are registered with them. So you say, hey, I'm going to this Shell station, put it in, and you register. So when you pay with your credit card, um, you get cash back. Uh, Upside doesn't sell your personal information to third parties. They know that your information is vital, uh, obviously, and does not compromise that. They have given our users hundreds of dollars of cash back, um, especially at a time like this when credit card debt is at a record high, surpassed $1 trillion for the first time. Delinquencies are the highest they've ever been. And folks, uh, we could all use some extra cash in our pocket. I'm, I'm using my cash I saved with Upside the last couple months uh, for more gun paraphernalia. <laughs> Uh, certainly we could all use that. So again, join me in downloading the free Upside app and use promo code CONSERVATIVE to get an extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. That's an extra 25 cents back on your first uh, tank uh, using promo code CONSERVATIVE. And then subsequently, you could find all these other offers through the app. So folks, this is this is not funny anymore. I was dead serious when I said... American Christian last thing standing between a full-scale Holocaust against Jews. There is no other organized group of people in this world that stand opposed to it. Either they're supportive of it, which is shocking, or downright, you know, just apathetic. Again, it is truly hard to wrap our emotions, and our intellect around the fact that we just had Islamo-Nazis committed what could be the worst 24-hour massacre this world has ever seen, in that frame of time at least. And the protesting is that we need to support Hamas more and not enough Jews died, and that has spawned this kind of just unleashing of this genocidal activity towards Jews everywhere. And and again, where you read Jews, read colonialism, whites, Christians, Europeans, it's the same thing. Capitalism. This is the global BLM Antifa. You had, there, there's now more information out, again, very credible sources, how in one area Hamas came in, um, killed the father, gang raped the mother, and then put a baby in the oven alive and um, make no mistake about it the Palestinians all support this the western Muslims to a large degree support it and western leftists support it as well this is uh, just going to read this to you from Marina, Marina Medvin she, she put out some articles from the Israeli press in Hebrew language 
The sister of a friend was one of the people killed in the Nova Festival massacre. Her body was so mangled it was unrecognizable. Took more than a week to identify. Yesterday, her family, already in deep grief, found out about a circulating video of the time of her death. Remember, you don't have to rely on hearsay. Hamas filmed it. Um, They filmed it on her own phone. Five or six terrorists, at least three, wearing Nukba uniforms, uh, took turns uh, aggressively raping her, audibly parroting and mocking her pleas for them to stop. After all the perpetrators had their turn, they shot her 15 times, then proceeded to take turns urinating on her body. Now, metaphorically, that is what the world is doing to to Jews now. Not only did you do it, but now you have to piss on their dead body. Uh, so everywhere, everywhere throughout the Western world, we have rampaging. So, you know, again, in terms of in what way Israel matters to us and what way it doesn't, well, it certainly matters in the sense that we allowed in people who did this and shared this sentiment that same ilk into this country, uh, whether it's student visas, but also an immigrant visas, and many of them have been citizens already for you know, 10, 20, 30 years, depending on the case. Dearborn, Michigan is now an oasis for this sort of behavior and sentiment. And again, wherever you read Jew in, just understand American, Westerner, Christian, it's all, you know, that's just kind of the first tier. That is their first tier that they go after. So, you know, this is where we're going to discuss Speaker Mike Johnson. They're diving headfirst into a $14.5 billion funding bill for Israel. Now, they're splitting it off from Ukraine. But as I said, they're going to fall into Biden's trap that the most important thing, what is the first thing we need to do is to throw money at Israel. And as I've been noting, both from an America first and a pro-Israel mindset, which actually works together, that should not be the first thing we're doing. The most important thing is to stop letting these bastards into our country. Cut off the visas. That's what they should demand in a budget funding fight over DHS and State Department appropriations. You'll be dealing with them depending on what type of visa in both of those bills. But from what I've heard from members of Congress, the new speaker, Mike Johnson, has no appetite for a government shutdown. Again, as I warned, less of a likelihood of fighting a a budget brinkmanship than even under McCarthy, because McCarthy felt he had to kowtow to our side to a degree. Uh, This guy's the worst of all because he's perceived as one of us, but... You know, has to kowtow to the other side. More and more signs that I was right on it. I tried to be gentle about it, but yeah, I'm always right. But the first thing is, don't let it into your country. And and this is not just because we need to protect all Americans. And we need to learn the lessons of Israel and that the same people who threaten them threaten us. A.K.A. Islam, religion of pieces. But particularly... Members of Congress, look, Israel is something that unites all Republicans, and it comes from a good place. But they need to understand that the first step is to protect Americans, and that includes American Jews. So the first bill that I would have on the floor is cutting off all visas, ending catch and release, and enabling states to deport. And not just illegal aliens, but to deport LPRs 
that um, support terrorism. So that way DeSantis and people like that could start deporting these clowns. Because ultimately, that's where we need to head. We need to all move to some sort of part, one part of the country. We're not going to save this country. We need to find a certain area where there's no Muslims, no liberals, and we try to live out some modicum of those Republican values that our founders established in 1776. And I hate to say it, but that ain't coming back in the country as a whole. But that's what I'd rather see. I'd rather see it, you know, and as we're going to talk about policy-wise, focusing on our stuff, unwinding Biden's anti-Israel policies, stop funding Israel's enemies, stop allying with Israel's enemies, Turkey, Qatar, and Iran, is more beneficial to Israel. It's America first. It's cutting off funding, not funding more. And also, it just politically doesn't divide the right. Because what I find unhelpful is there are going to be elements on the right that are going to, you know, and I understand where they're coming from, especially given Ukraine, resent that Republicans, again, the first thing they focus on is giving foreign countries money, and it's going to increasingly turn the right anti-Israel, which is something we don't want in America. That's kind of what you have in Europe, where the right and the left are both anti-Israel, and uh, Jews are caught in between, sanity is caught in between. And I think the best thing for everyone here is to focus first on just doing things that it doesn't cost a dime to unwind harmful policies against Israel that are harmful policies against ourselves, take our troops out of Syria and Iraq and put them on our border. So I want to cover more of that, but first to delve into a little bit more of what we're seeing in the world. Very appropriately, we're sponsored by Patriot Academy. Folks, it's not enough to own a gun. It's not enough to carry a gun. You have to feel comfortable and visualize yourself in a situation being able to properly sweep your garment and draw, you know, within two seconds and get two shots to the chest or one to the head accurately without jerking the trigger, without panicking, how to move and shoot. These are all skills we learn at uh, the Constitutional Defense course hosted by America's Constitution coach, Rich Green, Rick Green. We, we study the Constitution at night. We shoot during the day. Uh, it's a four-day course. Go to patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. All sorts of courses there. But if you want to meet me and other members of this audience, I will be there for the December 18th course. Again, it's hosted at their uh, headquarters now, uh, their, their uh, campus in Fredericksburg, Texas, just south of Fredericksburg, Texas. We've got a lot of listeners from Texas. This course is worth $2,000. It's subsidized by their generous donors. It's a not-for-profit so it costs just $400 to attend this life-saving tra- training. Um, again, you need to become proficient. A lot of people are not proficient in handguns, even if they're into firearms. Um, marksmanship, safety awareness, handgun skills, clearing malfunctions. We learn it all. We pray together. We strategize together. Lots of fun. Join me December 18th for the four-day course. Go to patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. Also email me, Daniel Hurwitz at startmail.com for the details. Also, I am going to have some important columns out at The Blaze this week. Um, Yes, we have gone to subscription model. It's the only way to cut out Google. Um, But Daniel, but it's behind a paywall. Yeah, it's a paywall for three bucks a month. So you sign up for the full year, it's three bucks a month. It's, it's the cost of a coffee. 
it really is worth it, I believe, to free ourselves of any uh, any censorship. Um, so we have homos for Hamas. You know, I was thinking uh, my colleague Alex Stein, he had this whole parody on homos for Hamas. Every evil thing in the world is supporting Hamas. It's like a magnet for it. And we now know why. Again, for certain people, certain people on the right, they're like, Israel is the new current thing. Um, how, I don't see, I mean, I don't remember, if Israel is the new current thing, then the Palestinians would be Russia. I don't see pro-Russia rallies anywhere. We only had pro-Ukraine. How is it that we had the biggest rallies in the world within hours of Jews being slaughtered before Israel even announced what they were going to do? New York Post. Groups behind Israel bashing protests backing Hamas attacks uh, backing Hamas got 15 million plus from Soros. Okay, so this is where it's it's at. Soros funneled more than 15 million dollars since 2016 to groups behind this. Um, a post-examination of Open Society Foundation records show Soros's grant-making network gave 13.7 million to the Tides Center. Um, they, they're the ones funding all of this. Tides beneficiaries include Illinois-based Adala Justice Project, which on the day of the October 7th massacre posted a photo on Instagram of a bulldozer tearing part uh, Israel's border fence. Uh, caption, Israeli colonizers believed they could indefinitely trap 2 million people in an open-air prison. No cage goes unchallenged. And, and I want you to understand those words. Again, this is not just about even Muslims and Hamas and the targets being Jews. This is everyone. Every evil is now going to try to copycat this, which is, again, why we need... One of the things I do want to do in the coming days is to do some shows on just, you know, what do we do if we have rampaging throughout our cities that start coming to our residential streets where you have multiples? It's not just kind of the classic, okay, you know, one man, a burglar breaks into your house, be prepared to shoot him. You know, what do you do um, in terms of weaponry, tactics, organized plans, share, we need to create sheriff's posses, neighborhood militias. And I really want to start building on that in the future. But anyway, this was funded all by um, Soros. It also gave money to this desist rising up and moving um, Arab American Association of New York got money. They're the ones that blocked one of the bridges there going into New York City. Open Society Foundation was awarded awarded $1.5 million to Adala's founding nonprofit, the Legal Center for Arab Minority Rights in Israel. Um, and then there's this organization, Jewish Voice for P Peace, and If Not Now, they claim to be Jews supporting Hamas, not surprisingly funded by Soros as well. So just know this doesn't happen by accident. You know, a lot of people thought Israel is the new current thing. Clearly, the there, there was some foreknowledge of this massacre. Um, and Hamas, Gaza, the Palestinian cause, is the new current thing. Now again, what is the answer? Is the answer just to turn Israel into Ukraine and be like, their fight is our fight, get boots on the ground, send them a budget? No. It's to under, A, recognize the evil, recognize it. You know, that's that's the first step. 
make sure that we don't aggravate or invite any of this genocide against Jews, which will turn into genocide against everyone into our country, mainly focus on our border visas, but with Israel, simply defund, block the Biden policies that got Israel into this predicament and is hamstringing their ability to fight back. Israel take care of the Middle East, we take care of our own country so that we don't have their problem, or we already do, but you know that doesn't get worse and we, and we, we uh, rectify it. That's all it is. That's what we need to do. And, and by the way, I'm just um, I, I just want to note something. A lot of people are confused. You saw the big news yesterday was that this entire rampaging mob, I mean, it, it reminded me of Lot's house. Again, speaking of homos for Hamas, they surrounded a hotel. They thought one of the passengers that was Jewish was staying there, demanded that the person come out and we get to know them. Um, kind of like homos for Hamas, literally like like uh, Genesis there. So a lot of people online were saying this is Putin, Russians are attacking Jews, and look, I'm no fan of Putin, but it's misinformation. A lot of people who are unfamiliar with the caucus area of Russia, they think, oh, a bunch of Russians were attacking Jews. Dagestan... You know, it's right north of Azerbaijan. It's technically part of Russia, but it's 83% Muslim. These were all Muslims rampaging. Um, that, that, that's the common denominator. You could talk about, you know, the Middle East, Israel. You could talk about Dagestan. You could talk about Chechnya. You could talk about northeastern India. There was a terror attack there as well. You could talk about Paris, London. The common denominator is it's Muslims. Okay. Let, let's call a spade a spade. And by the way, the irony is, I don't think most of the people were Jewish. The, the flight from Tel Aviv, there were non-Israeli Russians getting cancer treatment in Israel. That's where they were flying back to. And um, they were literally bloodthirsty mob. Where are the Jews? Where are the Jews? Again, it's not just about Israel. We know what this is about. So this is one of the fundamental differences. With Ukraine and Russia, it's a... It is a territory dispute, and the areas Russia is fighting for are mostly ethnically Russian. With what's going on in Israel, as we well see elsewhere, has nothing to do with a piece of land, because they gave them Gaza. They're not you know, going for a piece of land. They want the Jews dead. Because, see, the thing is, for people who believe that Jews don't have a right to live in their biblical homeland— they sure have an interesting way of making those same Jews feel unwelcome in every damn other country, <laughs> which is kind of why Israel was created. But now it's like, well, you can't live there, but you can't live elsewhere, so you need to be dead. That's essentially what is happening in the world today. I mean, this is 1939, but it's not limited to Germany and Poland. I mean, this is everywhere. So again, you know... I appreciate Mike Johnson, his biblical worldview. Those who bless Israel will be blessed. Those who curse Israel will be cursed. I appreciate that. As someone who's Jewish, I appreciate that sentiment. But the better way is to make sure the first priority will be to have a funding fight over immigration, both border and visa policies, to make sure that these Islamic bastards 
don't grow to critical mass in this country, and we don't become like Europe, where Jews can no longer live in France. I mean, I saw some really sad stories about um, these guys that were kind of like dual Israeli French citizens, Israeli British citizens, and you know, normally if you're a dual citizen in a non-Israeli country, you'd get the hell out of Israel, right? It's a war-torn, let's get out of there. They're actually going to Israel. They're like, we'd rather just stay here and fight than be in, in, in London or Paris. It's more dangerous. We have to make sure New York City, Chicago, Detroit, L.A. don't become like that. And In L.A., you see large crowds rampaging. And by the way, this is from the L.A. Times. California City, first in the U.S. to officially black back Palestinians, accuses Israel of ethnic cleansing. Imagine that. They're the ones doing it. Richmond, California City Council voted early Wednesday to support the Palestinian people of the Gaza Strip. Accuses Israel of ethnic cleansing. And, uh, yeah, it was a five-to-one vote. We need to create our own sanctuaries. That Muslim bastards are not welcome. Leftists are not welcome. BLM Antifa is not welcome. We need our own militias. We need our sheriff's posses. Pick parts of the country that we're like, we are not becoming like Europe because we already have parts of the country that clearly have become like that. That's just the way it is. You know, it's funny. We were all wondering how everyone could support the COVID genocide. And it went on and on. To this day, we've, we've not rectified it. Still promoting more vaccines, RSV, all this stuff. Killed millions of people. But at least that was kind of subtle. I mean, you couldn't miss it if you don't pay attention and follow the sorts of news that we brought to you the last three years. But there's nothing subtle about this. Hamas didn't hide it. See, the Nazis tried to hide it initially. Hamas filmed it. I mean, this is the most gruesome stuff you've ever seen. And everyone knows about it. And not only aren't they sympathetic, they're like, not enough Jews died. It's like their only issue is that unlike during the Holocaust, now Jews have a nation state with a pretty formidable military. And that's what they're bothered by. I mean, remember, keep in mind, you take the IDF out of the equation and they wouldn't have stopped, you know, however many miles they got into Israel, 10 miles or whatever. They would have killed all 7 million Jews there. There was no backstop. And frankly, few in the world would have protested or had an issue with that. This is, this is biblical. Again, it's all in the prophecies. But, you know, it doesn't mean we shouldn't fight it. But anyway, the problem is we're caught in between where Biden is continuing all these bad policies, and then Biden is asking for money for Israel and Ukraine. Now, there's two levels of Republicans. Senate Republicans, led by Mitch McConnell, are like 100% with Biden. Yes. In fact, McConnell is all in even more for Ukraine than Israel. This is a political article. McConnell goes all out as Ukraine fractures the GOP. Some of you might have even seen uh, last week, McConnell said, um, where is this? I was playing the clip here. Um, We're rebuilding our industrial base. The Ukrainians are destroying the army of one of our biggest rivals. I have a hard time finding anything wrong with that. So he's like, it builds our economy. And by the way, they're not destroying the Russian army. 
Okay, I mean, I don't know what they're seeing from that. Um, Ukraine has no ability to take back the Russian areas of the East and Crimea. They just, they never will. I mean, we've given them more money than we've ever given a proxy, and it still hasn't done it. So it's not going, even if you believe in that, it's not going to happen. Whereas Israel, you know, the boost will really help them. Now, some people, and I respect that, they're like, look, we shouldn't really be giving to anyone. We're bankrupt anyone. Fine. But just know they're not the same thing. But anyway, McConnell supports the full Biden. But even Mike Johnson, his only thing is, let's separate it out. And then I know some of the Freedom Caucus guys said, look, you got to pay for it. So Mike Johnson agreed, okay, we'll pay for it. But you know, that's usually whatever. The point is, we're bankrupt. So the, if there's money to cut, it should be cut anyway. Not to spend new money. We can't afford new money. I, I, I can hear both sides, you know, do all the right things and give them a few billion dollars to fight off a Holocaust. I, I understand it. But what I'm saying is, if there's going to be a division over it, I'd much rather from a pro-America and a pro-Israel standpoint, just cut off their enemies. And I want to get into what that looks like. You know, what that looks like in the real world. I want to just give you the full list so you could copy it down of what needs to be done and what way Israel is our fight, what way it's not. And you're going to see how it actually works out that what is the most pro-America, the most minimalist approach of intervention in the Middle East is actually better for Israel as well. And, uh, you know, you service the social compact to your own people. God is happy with you. And great. First, our final sponsor today is Patriot Mobile. As we are beleaguered by a political system that hates us, few options that will do us any good. We have to utilize the options we have in the private sector to support our values. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative uh, wireless provider, and that's a pretty big service that you need. You could, right now, if you're with AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, call up 972-PATRIOT or go to patriotmobile.com slash CR, and you'll get a U.S. American English-speaking uh customer service rep that you know they're a pleasure to work with you get free activation make sure to give offer codes here free activation keep your phone keep your phone number you have the same service to use the same towers except rather than donating to hamas um, and blm which is the same thing by the way increasingly bigger ties we're going to do a show on that later this week with uh, andy no um, about the ties with blm and uh, hamas but uh, they actually they actually support Second Amendment, veterans, sanctity of life, religious freedom. So again, go to patriotmobile.com slash CR or call 972-PATRIOT today. Make sure to use offer code CR. So let's go through the, the list. And I, I'm going to divide it, and I'll, I'll do a column on this in the coming days. But let's, let's talk about 10 things, 10 things that should be done that I, I would say from, again— being pro-America, defending our homeland, our values, our culture, our streets, our security, defending the right prerogatives overseas, but more really a minimalist approach to dismantling bad policies, troop deployments, funding, alliances that should not be in place, that winds up being more pro-Israel than just 
keeping the status quo, which is what Republicans will do. I mean, I don't think these most of them don't they don't support the Iran deal. They they oppose it, but they're not doing anything about it. Just get into this whole bidding war with Biden over funding. These are the 10 things that are more. And I would just want to note that you see, from Biden, from Biden's perspective, he has no problem, despite it being the most anti-Israel administration in the history of the the country. He has no problem throwing money at Israel. They have no problem spending the same way he has no problem funding so-called border security. It's a joke. It's a policy problem, right? It's not a funding problem. So that is why Biden has zero gumption about throwing money at them and then hamstringing them, handcuffing them. Okay? So that way... The defense contractors, Lockheed Martin, gets its money because the orders are are made. But Israel can't use this stuff because Biden's like, you better not escalate war with Hezbollah or yada yada. So that's the game he's playing. And the reason he's playing this game is, look, his administration is saturated with, I, I don't know how to explain this any plainer. I mean, literally pro-Hamas, not pro-Hamas, but people with ties to Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran. They run the top echelons of the White House, the State Department, Defense Department. So that is what the Democrat administration is. Now, Biden's got a problem because the public, despite what you see on the streets, the silent majority of the public strongly supports Israel. And I think that's something we should be proud of here in the United States. Doug Schoen, who is a, for years a Democrat pollster, but he's kind of moved over because Democrats became nuts, but he's a Bill Clinton pollster. And he noted that 81% of Republicans and 74% of Democrats support providing military support to Israel. Again, I mean, what I'm trying to show you is that that's kind of a straw man relative to true support for Israel, which is support for America. Um, but, you know... Uh, the point is, almost as many Democrat voters as Republican ones, ironically, uh, support Israel. So, you know, I, I think that's one thing to keep in mind, that there is a silent majority here. And Biden knows that. But I would actually rather be dealing with a Democrat party that would message like Ilan Omar. What Biden is doing is very snaky. So Republicans are like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Let's support Israel. Let's give them money. Here's what we should be doing instead. The first thing should be, and this is this is a very novel idea. I mean, wait for it. Defund the Palestinians. See, we're bankrupt and we want to cut spending. So shouldn't the first thing we do, so we're like stabbing Israel with a, with a knife and then we, we debate what sort of bandages to give them. Well, maybe we should stop stabbing them. Defund the Palestinians. And, and this adds up to, when you add up the money we give to UNRWA, which is the UN agency, which is literally Hamas, it's, it's designed to hire Hamas workers. When you talk about the nexus of the civilian human shield operation they have, UNRWA is it. And then the humanitarian aid that they're giving to Hamas that Biden just announced, that should be prohibited. That should be the first bill. That should be the HR1 of this. And then directly to the Palestinian Authority. I don't have it in front of me, but someone gathered up 
um, you know, so they like to make a difference between Hamas and the PA, the Palestinian Authority, the Fatah Party, Ma- Mahmoud Abbas, in 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 uh, who who uh, is illegally occupying Samaria. So they like to say that that he's kind of different, but someone had put together a great list of quotes since the massacre of all the things they've said about it. They fully support it, and we we give them money. So is it too much to ask that we don't support Islamo Nazis? I mean, I'm talking about literal money. When you add up UNRWA, the Gaza PLO money, I mean, th- that you're, you're talking about $600 million a year we give. It's not as much as we give to Israel, but there's still a lot of money. Next thing. No U.S. troops in the Middle East. Again, the troops are being put there. Biden already sent about 900 into the theater, mainly on the ships. They're there to impose a, uh, uh, a ceasefire. The, the problem is we're getting caught between the neocons and the reactionary right. The neocons want to kind of constantly entangle us there. And then the people like Tucker Carlson are like, oh, we're having another war for Israel, war for Israel. You know, because it looks like we're sending troops there. But ironically, Biden's putting them there to the detriment of our soldiers to the detriment of our security, but also to the detriment of Israel. They are there to get in their way. But it gives the reactionary right the impression that, oh, Biden's fighting for Israel, so then it turns people on the right needlessly against Israel, which is stupid. Moreover, we have 4,000 troops in Iraq and Syria fighting for Israel's enemies, fighting for our enemies, fighting for the Shiite Iranians that killed thousands of our soldiers to begin with, and they're still attacking our soldiers and now we're engaging in some airstrikes, but get out of there. And as, as I said all last week, the less is more approach actually gives Israel a freer hand in dealing with Hezbollah. Two reasons. Number one, our troops are in the way as collateral damage. Number two, if you take our effort fighting the Sunnis out of the theater, the Sunnis becomes Hezbollah's problem. It becomes Baghdad's problem. And that leads me to number three, which is treat Iraq like the enemy it is. Iraq, well, then again, I was going to say treat Iraq like Iran, but then again, Biden's an ally with Iran, but you get the point. You know, I think most Republicans agree Iran's a problem, but a lot of them are still like, oh, we need to fight the ISIS in, uh, in Iraq. Iraq We are giving them weapons. We're training the Iraqi military. The Iraqi military is Hezbollah or related to it. Our weapons are falling. There's a famous video of Hezbollah with with, uh, Abrams tanks from, from our military because that's what's fallen into their hands. Again, we are funding, equipping, training. Baghdad is a sworn enemy of Israel. But... As Dan Caldwell said on the show last week, we are doing this to keep up a lie of 20 years because to pull them out would basically admit that for 20 years we were fighting for our enemies. But we are funding, training, and equipping our enemies. And likewise, we need to pull out our embassy, stop forcing our special operators to defend a sitting duck for for enemy people. We should have no diplomatic relations. We should have no presence of any sort in Lebanon and 
Iraq the same way we don't have with Syria and Iran. It's all one now. And then obviously it leads me to number four, which is defund the Lebanese armed forces. Again, as we noted last week, we fund, train, equip Hezbollah, um, their counterintelligence assets, and that's how Israeli agents were blinded and missed the training in Lebanon. It was because, courtesy of your taxpayer funding, um, literally, that, that's why Israel is in this position, is because of our funding of Hezbollah. Stop funding Hezbollah. I know it's very novel. Very novel. Number five, obviously defund the Iran deal. So this would be in any State Department funding and DOD funding. Um, just defund the Iran deal and you know you, you can't implement it in any way. And you go back to way, the way it was under Trump. Done. Number six, prohibit funding for the two-state solution diplomacy. And the point is, we don't need to, like, mollycoddle Israel. We just need to stop governing their internal affairs. Every facet of our State Department funding programs, diplomatic missions, are geared towards the promotion of a second Palestinian terror state, the first being Jordan, by the way, uh, in the heart of Israel. No. No. Done. Either do nothing or take that funding and use it to resettle those Arabs in, in other Muslim countries. And by the way, the same provisions in the appropriation bills funding the State Department should also prohibit the Biden administration from interfering in Israel's internal affairs, um, such as you know meeting with their opposition and Israel's equivalent of Antifa, which Tony Blinken just did. Number seven countermanding Biden's alliance with Qatar. Isn't it simple? Like, what if, what if we said simply that we pressured Qatar that you have, we're going to pull out all of our support from Qatar if you don't give Hamas an ultimatum that either you're going to turn them over to the U.S., which they should be doing anyway, or, or you have to release the hostages. At least that. So Republicans need to call on they part of their bills, you know, standalone and budget bills. They need to vitiate the alliance that Biden created. It's called a, a major non-NATO ally. That's a term of art. Major non-NATO ally. It's the same designation of a relationship we have with Israel, we have with Qatar. Again, you know, for those that are like worried about World War III and this and that, a way to short circuit this whole thing and dismantle Hamas is you cut the head off the snake. It's Qatar. It's that simple. And again, we need to pull CENTCOM out of Qatar. To the extent that we should have any assets there, we need to define what those strategic needs are, the shipping lanes, whatever, and put CENTCOM in the United Arab Emirates, which is a much better ally. That's it. Qatar is the key. Number, number eight. Related to that, ban Qatar and other terror-supporting countries like Iran, Iraq, and Turkey from funding religious and education on our soil. The Qatar Foundation 
has given about $6 billion over the last two decades to our universities. That's why our universities look the way they do. That's how you have all this jihadist infrastructure and protests there. But it's also the mosques. You do have a freedom of religion here, but what you do not have is, as a foreign country, the right to fund. It's The, the subversion is mainly being funded by Qatar and Turkey, the Turkish Muslim Brotherhood, and also, you know, Iran and its proxies are funding, like, you know, the Dearborn area, which are Shiites. That needs to be cut off. Number nine and ten. Nine and ten. Nine is the border, ten is visas. While Israel is freed up to fight for its future in that part of the world, fight evil in that part of the world, we make sure we keep the evil out of our part of the world. Obviously, shutting down the border, as we noted many times, not just bending catch and release, but obviously, um, you know, giving states the ability to deport anyone. And again, not just the legals, but foreign nationals. And then number 10, canceling visas from terror-supporting countries. Now is the time when you see this disgusting, Holocaust-level, genocidal, Jew hatred, why are we bringing it into this country? No more visas of any sort from those countries. Done. And then you could, you know, note number 11. Erdogan is a Nazi, the Turkish leader. Turkey needs to be kicked out of NATO, or maybe more appropriately, we leave NATO. But either way, we should not be allies with Turkey. See, this is the thing. It's not a matter of creating World War III or troops on the ground or nation building. It's standing for good. See, some of the neocons are using this language, stand on the side of right and wrong, but they, they parlay it into the wrong thing. And I understand how some reactionaries are rightly turned off by that. But some of it is just not making the Biden alliances. That simple. Making the other alliances. Using the statecraft that you know, we've always used since our founding to uh, isolate the bad players. And that's what it is. I'm the only one trying to give a vision on this that ties together our prerogatives first and foremost at home, understands the severity of what happened to, to the slaughter of the Jews and in all the Western countries, including our own, the rising up of Islamic and far-left anti-Semitism, how to deal with it here, how to deal with it there, be supportive of our interests in concert with doing the right thing with Israel that doesn't cost us anything. You do all of those things that I said, come back to me if you want to give Israel some money. All right, you know, it, that, that becomes a minimal debate at that point. But if Republicans are not going to make the fight primarily about those items, and they're just going to make it about, well, we want to fund Israel just as badly, but we don't want to tether to Ukraine, maybe want to pay for, you know, cut some programs, it's just going to give in to Biden's premise. That we're all on the same side, it's just a matter of whether we want to pay for it and fund Ukraine as well. Like, no, we're not on the same side. You are pro-Hamas, my buddy. You are killing Israel. You're not going to... 
you know, threaten us that in order to be pro-Israel, we need to give a certain amount of money. No, we're not going to play your game. We're not going to give blood money that's used to handcuff them. That's what I would rather see from an an America first and a pro-Israel perspective. But here's the thing. I mean, you listen to a guy like like Mike Johnson. The, The guy is just, he's just a traditional establishment Republican. Like I said, he's personally a strong social conservative, lives a good, good, you know, godly life. He's a good guy. But, you know, at, at a strategic level, I warned you, I said, look, at a strategic level, I just don't see it. He's going to go out of his way to try to appease the left flank of the GOP, whereas McCarthy had to kind of do the other way. So our side's going to have to stand down, give him a lot of rope because he's one of us, even though he's not. But then, mainly, he's going to be courting the other side. This is from Politico. Freshly minted Speaker Mike Johnson announced on Monday that he's wholeheartedly endorsing the Congressional Leadership Fund, keeping in place the existing infrastructure and team at this super PAC, basically McCarthy's super PAC. Now, as you well know, the those well those of you who are maybe not familiar with the Congressional Leadership Fund, this was McCarthy's slush fund that he used to get involved in primaries and get the very sorts of Republicans that are in all these districts that are you know holding us hostage on so many policy issues. Everyone's like, why do we have people like Tony Gonzalez? Why do we have people like Dan Bacon and David Joyce? We have them because of the Congressional Leadership Fund, and um, you know Mike Johnson's keeping them on. Mike Johnson, from what I've heard, has made a bunch of bad hires. Basically, a whole bunch of staff that's establishment. Um, so we, we, we've we got a big problem here. We've got a bit, very, very big problem. I don't know how we deal with this. And then, folks, we're out of cash anyway. I don't even understand whether you believe in giving money, which, you know, look, all things equal. I think of all the things we invested in, this would help, you know, fight a Holocaust. You have a, a, in in other words, everything else until now, we're not giving money to a stable society with a stable military to hold stable land that is of their people against an external enemy. It was all fighting these internal civil wars. So it makes sense. It's just, we don't have money. We're out of cash. We are out of cash. It's that bad. Do you know that the total U.S. debt grew $650 billion in about a month? <laughs> in about a month. We didn't get $650 billion annual increases, annual deficits until the Great Recession. And that was a recession, the worst since the Depression. Um, some days we're we're getting twenty, thirty, even a couple of days, sixty billion in one day. We have added nine hundred fifteen million in debt every hour last month, almost a billion an hour. So you know, like that debt that they want to uh, that. <laughs> Think about this. We want to give Israel $14.5 billion. It's a lot of money. Um, and, you know, that that would fund, I mean, a two-front war, their their survival and everything. So that's, that's worth a lot, right? We burn, we accrue that amount of debt 
in about 16, 17 hours of one day. And of course, since the greatest spending cuts of all time that Republicans secured from Biden at the beginning of June, so you're talking about less than a half a year. It's about five months. It's been like two and a half, two or two point four trillion, two point three trillion. I forget something like that. Mortgages are hitting eight percent. Delinquencies all over the place. Compared to twenty twenty, we have seen nearly a sixty percent increase in small business bankruptcies. Um, you know, an interesting statistic I saw. Maybe we'll get a little bit more into economy tomorrow. The Russell 2000, that's an index of primarily small companies, but but not like mom and pop, but like small publicly traded companies. The 100 largest companies are up 58% since COVID. Not, not in the Russell. I mean the largest, you know, in the like the NASDAQ and S&P. Up 58%. The 2,000 smallest are completely unchanged. They're left behind in the dust. We are so done culturally, economically, security. What is the answer? It obviously starts with some sort of effort to create some sort of red state that we can all go to and make our own. But, you know, it's kind of how do you, how do you walk before you run? How do you do that? And this is what I'm struggling with. But that's where this ultimately needs to head. I don't see us ever fixing this country at a federal level. I just don't see it. I mean, I gave you what I think should happen in Congress. I'm just telling you they're not going to do it. Mike Johnson has made it clear from what I've heard he has no appetite for a government showdown even over the border where there's supposed consensus. So, folks... All I can do is say what ought to be. Men of times who know what ought to happen, like it says in Chronicles. That's what we need. That's what we're lacking in positions of authority. So the goal in the coming days is just to see what is the art of the possible. What can we do at a local level? Email me, Daniel Hurwitz at startmail.com. Your ideas. Again, join us. Uh, Subscribe to the blaze for our columns just three bucks a month and join me at patriotacademy.com slash daniel if you want to see me and more importantly learn how to shoot learn how to defend yourself in a gun battle december 18th in fredericksburg texas till tomorrow god bless y'all and thank you for listening we are at a tipping point in america with 400,000 children in the u.s foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family christians must step up This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org slash chosen.